coming up. What an excellent day for Napoleon Bonaparte. And another French song. <laughs> Luckily, that one doesn't have any words, so that was right, easy. Yeah. <laughs> Those are the three songs that French people sing. That's it. <laughs> And they don't have titles. It's like, what is your favorite song, Maurice? Ah, I really like... Yes. Maurice and Napoleon. Yeah. You want to start the show? Yeah. Before we lose all of our French listeners. All three of our French listeners. Or toi of our French listeners. Yeah. Well, howdy, folks, and welcome to Minute 88 of The Exorcist Minute, a show where we endeavor to examine, extrapolate, and excavate The Exorcist Minute by Terrifying Minute. My name is Lester Ryan Clark. And I'm Keenan Diaz. And we'll be your holy guides on this journey through what some have called the scariest movie of all time. Okay, so our minute begins with Chris saying, I thought you were supposed to be an expert. And it ends with her saying, and I want you to tell me that you know for a fact that there's nothing wrong with my daughter except in her mind. Right, well, that escalated quickly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and that cuts, it actually cuts off a monologue here. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, it does, we'll yeah. pick that up later. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah, yeah. But, uh, but no, it, uh, I, I joke about it escalating quickly, but no, I think, I think Chris is, is doing all the right things here. Mm-hmm, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But wait a minute, wait a minute, it, Keenan. So we got Chris, an atheist, saying this to Karis, a priest. Mm-hmm. Strange but true, folks. Um, but yeah, let's uh, let's get back to the top of this minute, um, where Chris is asking this priest about demonic possession. She says, "I thought you were supposed to be an ex- I thought you were supposed to be an exorcist. Uh, I thought you were supposed to be an expert." We cut to an interesting shot here. Um, I guess we call this an over-the-shoulder from Chris, but she's not even in the frame yet. She sort of steps into the over-the-shoulder position. Um, yeah. Yeah, but at first it's just a close-up of Karis as he turns and he looks offended is the mm-hmm. first word that uh, that came to my mind. Like, almost like Chris is making light of his entire faith. Like, like are you getting that too, Keenan? It's like, lady, I know I'm having a crisis of faith, but this is a little <laughs> disrespectful to, like, the thing I may or, no, may or may not believe in, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's like she just asked him to bust a ghost. Right, exactly. Um, and I love the lighting here. So, you know, they're in this basement where, um, where ba- you know, in reality for the mm-hmm. basement, the light would come directly from on top of them, right? Right. Mm-hmm. So this is what we call a high key. Uh, this is, there's low mm-hmm. key lighting and high key lighting. So the key light is mm-hmm. um, many definitions, but, uh, but like where, where the brightest uh, spot on the subject is normally. Right. So here it's high. It's way above them. So we get this kind mm-hmm. of, um, you know, like interrogation room, right. um, Frankenstein's monster mm-hmm. where the brows look really heavy. And, and basically, um, like his eyes will look really dark, but but his right. face is mostly lit really plainly, like really yeah. evenly. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it was like this interrogation room that's very intense. And then you know, a low key light would be like when you put a flashlight under your um, under your chin for a um, uh, like a ghost story. Right. Right. Because right. yeah. you put the key. Yeah. So yeah. here, yeah, it's really interesting because so like we've never quite we haven't quite seen him like this. We'll see him like this a lot later on. Yeah. 
but yeah, where his face is just is entirely illuminated from the top and he looks incredibly fierce, right? Yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it is like they are interrogating each other. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is so different. Now that you mention it, yeah, this is mm-hmm. so different from like the very first time we see him when he's like, you know, listening to Chris and Burke argue, right? And he's mm-hmm. just in the crowd and he's laughing right. along with everybody, yeah. right? This is, it's it's almost like it's not the same person. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the power wow. of lighting, baby. Wow. You know, they'll say things like the camera adds 10 pounds. My mentor, Mm -hmm. Francisco Menendez, likes to say it's bad lighting that adds the 10 pounds. It's not Uh actually the the camera. But yeah, you can do incredible things by modeling, you know, modeling Mm -hmm. um, in the sense of like, uh, you know, life drawing, sketching, um, you know, depending on where the light is. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. Let there be good lighting. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So, yeah. So so, uh, back to this scene, Karis, his his response to this is – there are no experts, mm-hmm. which is like chilling, right? I, yeah. It, and I got to say, this this is really effective in a couple of ways. One, it establishes, it reinforces um, what he already said in the park, that this is not a common thing even for Catholics, right? Mm-hmm. Most of whom don't even believe in the devil anymore. And mm-hmm. in that way, it also just upped the scariness for us because what he's saying is that there's no one we can turn to who's going to know exactly what to do. Right. We've been searching in the dark, hoping and praying to find someone who can say, you know, it's okay, I'll take it from here. And then we find Karis and he does say, it's okay, I'll take it from here. But he's just as in the dark, right? He's he's groping just as blindly, right? Yeah. And again, mm. like we talked about in the previous minute of, yes, they're on the same team, but that doesn't mm. mean that there's not going to be any gulf between them or, 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 or problems between them or conflict between them or doubt right. between them, right? Yes. But yeah, he turns to her and it, it really is this like, you know, I guess part of the subjects potentially what Jason Miller is doing is like, I told you already there are right. no experts, right? But mm-hmm. it's also like, yeah, I'm all you got. You know, this is this is it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is the right? best we're gonna do. <laughs> yeah, and also could be like, like just I'm, I'm also thinking of like, it's like, hey, lady, I'm trying to get right with God, and you're asking me to mm-hmm. essentially like put my job on the line. Like, mm-hmm. this is if I go to the church with this, like, I don't know what they're gonna think. Right. Yeah. Um. And so he says, I don't know what I think. Right. I, yeah. Like, exactly. I don't know what I, I, what think, I think. I was like, right? this is this is cuckoo banana pants. I don't know if <laughs> if a doctor has told you that yet. But uh, yeah, no, a doctor brought me to you. Like, yeah. yeah. Well, he um, was a doctor and a foundation. So I don't know if I he should was a doctor. Be. He was a foundation. He was a doctor. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but he says, he says, you probably know as much about possession as most priests. Mm-hmm. That's got to make your stomach drop right there. Right. Right. Like we were teased with the possibility that this knight in shining armor was going to come and and take command and take care of all of this for us and instead we get this sort of like knight in training you know uh-huh, right like like i don't want to discount Karis here but like remember like we when we first met him like i said the thing that i love about him is that he is a silent but ever present force of good right mm-hmm. he has that quality like like the foster father in the book thief right the quality of not leaving and no matter how hard it gets he will not abandon you and that's his superpower and it ends up being well we'll just have to wait and see for that but like the point i'm trying to make here with them teasing us and revealing that Karis is not the knight in shining armor mm-hmm. is that now we think one isn't going to come Right. And that is a really great setup because, hey, like, 
we're more we're more than halfway through the movie, folks. Like mm-hmm. we've been we've been following Karis. We were banking on Karis, and here we see that he's just like us. He's lost. I like well, who else is there? Like we've seen everybody. Like go let, let's go all the way back. We got Dr. Mm-hmm. Klein. We got Dr. Tanny. We got the psychiatrist. We got Kinderman. He's not going to help us. We mm-hmm. we were really looking to Karis as our last hope, and it's not him either. I mean, I don't. Keenan, I don't think I've forgotten anybody, right? Like, I think I remember the movie that we've been covering over half a year. There's there's no one else, right? No. Like, we, in, we our, might... in our version, TVWWIOH, which is mm-hmm. the version we're writing in our head, mm-hmm. there, there could be the horseman who we, oh, yeah, we built right. up as like being much more important in our heads than Vladdy uh, or Friedkin thought. Right, yeah. Because yeah. he doesn't exist. Right, because he doesn't exist. <laughs> right, but he's not going to ride in on himself as a knight in <laughs> shiny armor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, so folks, you hear that? Like, I mean, you know, and we're the experts here. No, we're not. We're never experts. We're not. No, we're not no. experts. But no, I think I, I think I see. I, I think I think people know what I'm getting at, right? Like, like yeah. we've we've we we can't remember anybody else. So right. so nobody is coming, right? And I love that. Like, I I see what you did there, Blatty. I see what you did mm-hmm. there, freaking. Right? Uh. I think it's it's interesting this idea. Like, he's a knight in training, you know. So I I teach in, at UNLV Film, a film department at a college. Mm-hmm. Um, you have you know you took a lot of film classes. You got a lot of yes. theater classes. Mm-hmm. You took you were an um, English major, so yep. like for creative writing especially, right? That was right. your focus. Storytelling stuff. Storytelling, yeah. yeah. So like you know, in the academic world, there is this big you know, back and forth about like, well, who's the best person to teach the the students, right? Like mm. a really good academic mm-hmm. who knows how to teach or like a really good person who's really been there in the industry, right? right? So like, um, even in the, like the novel writing or playwriting industry, right? So mm-hmm. like, you know, sometimes the students are like, well, I really like this person because they, they really have done it before. But like, you know, Steven Spielberg would be a terrible teacher. Oh, yeah. Because he he's just always protective of his own brand, and he tells mm-hmm. you stories about wandering away from the Universal tour when he was a kid and setting up an office there like he was Encyclopedia mm-hmm. Brown, which is all made up. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would not like to have Friedkin as a teacher. You would exactly. No. That's an even better example, right? You would not want Friedkin to be teaching you. No. <laughs> or the Cohen brothers, you know, right. who was just like you know, um, uh, unless you're close with them they don't really communicate very well right with right. other people right um or you know but yeah is is an academic like karis mm-hmm. the person you know he could teach you theoretically about exorcism but right. he's never done one before right right so he is the he's the expert on the cult and um he's written papers about it in the washington dc era area right. but mm-hmm. he doesn't know when when we actually say like can you do it now he's yeah he's not the guy yeah, no. And and it's weird because it's like they came to him because mm-hmm. he's the closest thing that they have. <laughs> right. Because he did he did a, a, a paper on witchcraft, which is right. like several degrees removed from demonic possession, right? So you imagine that his paper on witchcraft was closer to like what you have been about modern witchcraft, the, the realities of witchcraft, not about like, it's not a how-to manual, how to be a witch. Well, okay, let's not, let's not go that far. Um, because I, <laughs> I still think like, uh, Blatty or Friedkin or, or mm-hmm. you know, like the the um, the creative force behind this mm-hmm. is coloring 
actual witches in in a certain kind of like proper Christian propaganda e way. Right, you're right. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So I'm like I'm imagining. Boy, it would be great if we could read the paper by Paris, <laughs> this, this fictional person. Um, right. Yeah. I'm Today in- they would have written it and put it on a website or something right, for us. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm imagining that the the type of paper Karis wrote about witchcraft was like these people are you know psychotic mm-hmm. and they do these horrible you know things and baby's blood and blah right. blah blah. And he's saying it's like it's a it's a you know. Um, it's a psychosis and, and this and right, that, right? Uh-huh. which is which is not cr- true of of real witchcraft. It's a legitimate religion. But what I'm saying is, like, even that is several degrees removed from. Okay, what do you do when you got a demon? Right, right. So, but like that's he is um like in all of Georgetown University's mm-hmm. you know collection of priests, he is the closest to the darkness. Right. You know that they can that they can find right because he wrote this thing about like Satanism and and stuff. Mm-hmm. Right, and he's a uh, he's he book learned about it. He didn't go and embed himself with witches somewhere. Precisely, yeah. He didn't he didn't join a coven and and right. like, you know, undercover <laughs> an undercover coven. <laughs> yeah, there we go. There's an eighties eighties uh, action movie. Right <laughs> undercover coven, starring oh. Nick Nolte. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna or 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 another famous Nick. I'm gonna do yeah. it. I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm going to join this witch's coven. <laughs> oh, look what we have unleashed upon you, uh, <laughs> listeners. Oh, God. You you heard to... us figuring out the Nick Cage impression for Lester uh-huh. on the air, and now mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you're going to get a lot of it. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. We got we got, we got got Gilbert Gottfried. We got Nick Cage. <laughs> we got Jimmy Stewart. It's, right. a, it's a regular legion of, uh, of, of – wait, are they all dead? No, Nick Cage isn't dead. Nick no. Cage isn't dead, no. No, no. But he's in here with us. <laughs> So buckle, buckle up, listeners. Yes. <laughs> There's no going back from this. No. <laughs> anyway, anyway. All right. Um, but yeah, uh, um, wait, that, that was everything you wanted to say, right? Yes, that he is an academic, which, you know, maybe I'm putting that on myself because I'm an academic, Mm-mm. you know, um, but he is an academic. He has not, he has not been there before. Precisely. So then he says, look, your daughter doesn't say she's possessed by a demon. She says she's the devil himself. Mm-hmm. And folks, that next line ramps it up even more. It's like, all right, okay, you brought us this far. Exorcisms are a thing. Possessions by, possession by demons is a thing. People getting possessed by random no-name spirits and demons, sure. Now you're telling me, I just learned about possession. I just accepted that people can get possessed by demons. Now you're telling me we got the possession of all possessions going on upstairs, like the devil, the guy, right? Mm-hmm. And this this does two things. Um, diegetically, if I'm still using that term correctly, mm-hmm. um, within the story, it gives Karis a perfect reason to be incredulous, mm-hmm. right? Like that's ridiculous. Like you're saying the guy who fixed your phone at the genius store was Steve Jobs, <laughs> right. right? Oh, so you didn't get those Air Jordans at the store. You got them from Michael Jordan. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. You right. went to Giovanni's Pizzeria and Giovanni himself. <laughs> Giovanni himself was there. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Okay. Grimace handed you your Grimace shake. <laughs> I see. Yeah, and he said, drink of this, for it is my blood. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Spilled for you in the everlasting covenant of McDonald's. (laughs) Remember, children, love your neighbor as I'm loving it. Um, (laughs) 
you all deserve a break today. Uh, right. <laughs> and everybody said McDonald's. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but no, okay. So, but that's what I'm saying is like, that that's what it does within the fabric of the film. It's like, it's like, okay, not just, not just any demon, but like the big demon, right? right? Like the devil, right? That's, that's a little bit, you know, even if I did believe in possession, that never happens, right? Uh-huh, right. That, that the devil devil is the one who's possessing your daughter, right? He's got, I imagine he's got better things to do, you know? <laughs> Like in, the in devil. this ultimate clash of good and evil, right? Right. Famine and wars and, and stuff like that. But I'm going to mm. go to Georgetown, right? Because there's this girl, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. In this rental home, and her dad didn't call her on her birthday. Oh, this is, <laughs> and all the all the devil's little like minions are like, sir, are you sure that this is like where we should be spending all of our time? It's like, no, no, this is part of my master plan. Right. right. We are very close to the White House or the yes. Pentagon. <laughs> we could cause World War Three. <laughs> if you wanted to. <laughs> hey, I work in mysterious ways, just like that other guy. Come on. Yeah. But no, like but that, that's what I'm saying is like within the story, that's 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 like very, very hard to swallow, right? Right. Mm-hmm. But then for us on the outside watching mm-hmm. the film, we're like, oh fuck. Yeah. That is a non-diegetic oh fuck. Yeah, because we have seen all the other stuff. We know that this is real. Mm-hmm. It hits harder. Like, and I don't know why it hits it's it hits me harder here, right? This is the second time we've heard it, right? Captain Howdy already said that he's the devil upstairs. But for some reason, when Karis says it down here, like, look, you know, it doesn't not just a demon, but the devil, we're like, oh my God. Like, mm-hmm. like this is this is like a big deal. And he doesn't realize that it's real, right? Right. He won't, well, again, uh, mm. we've said this several times, so I don't want to be a broke record, but it's mm. not that he doesn't realize, he will not accept that this right. is, yeah, that this is, yes. yeah, serious. Precisely. And yeah, folks, okay, I'm saying the devil and, and, and all of this stuff. So I guess, okay, I guess, I guess this is it, uh, folks, we have made it. Remember, I sort of teased that uh, I had something to say about one of these characters a very important character, and I was worried because what I'm about to say might ruffle some feathers, um, especially if you are a fan of this movie, a fan of this book, and you know the lore about this character, but I gotta say my piece. Um, I feel Uh-oh. compelled to put this out here, and I am aware this might discredit me forever and ever. Amen. Keenan, who the fuck is this? <laughs> You mean who is possessing Reagan? Yes. Mm-hmm. Are you going to get us canceled? <laughs> I, 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 I in just every might. sense of the word. In are every you going sense to? of the word. <laughs> <sighs> okay, so folks, um, or wait, did you want to try to answer that or no? Uh, who is in it? Yeah, yeah. <sighs> <laughs> no, Lester, I'm going to let you okay, answer right. that. <laughs> but yeah. there, okay, so there is the, the general question of whether mm. this is Pazuzu or the devil. Right. And those are mutually exclusive answers, I would right. say. And yes. I think that the exorcist community agrees with me on that point so far. Uh-huh. So I will let you take over from there. Because <laughs> okay. right. I, been... I like our fans. Yeah. <laughs> I love them too. I just gotta I just I just gotta say what I gotta say. Okay, so All right. folks, um you might have noticed that whenever we talk about this demon, I try to refer to him as Captain Howdy, because that's what he calls himself. Do I think that this is his real name? Of course not, right? I know the demon lies, but it's the only name that I can use with absolute certainty because it's the name that he has given himself until 
this part of the movie and and also the book where he declares that he is the devil. Now, this, I think, is the first like litmus test that separates like casual horror fans from exorcist fans. And I think I think exorcist fans know that this is not the devil, right? Mm-hmm. They might have they might have heard about it somewhere. They might have uh, read uh, the book where uh, the demon does actually admit later on that he is not the devil, but simply a devil. Right. It's not uh, a room. It's the room. Exactly. As Tommy Wiseau says. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. So so he is a devil. He he admits that he's not the devil. Fine. Mm-hmm. Good. Great. And I count myself in this group. I, w- I will push my glasses up and I will say, actually, the name of the demon um, is Frankenstein. No. Um, <laughs> no. It, but like I will mention, it's like, hey, in the book, it's not the devil, right? Mm-hmm. In the book, because of that scene that exists where he says that. Now, Keenan, we're not even at the big part of my argument yet, but mm-hmm. I also feel compelled to say this. During the course of us covering this movie, you brought to light something I never even thought about, this hmm. Laurie Strode argument. <laughs> okay. Where you don't like that people say that Laurie Strode and Michael Myers are siblings because as it was originally conceived, that was not the case. And they added it. Uh, they added that bit of lore in the second movie. Right. But if you, if you just appreciate the first movie as a standalone work, yes. they are not siblings, right? Yes, and it is, um, you know... I prefer that because it is Michael Myers coming at Laurie just because it's it, mm-hmm. that that in that instance I think is scarier than that he has some revenge thing he's trying to work out in her and in the in the sequels where they where that is the case where they have this relationship that's fine mm-hmm. um, but yes I, I I don't particularly love that I and then as I've said I don't know what to do with that in Star Wars <laughs> the first mm-hmm. Star Wars where the, you know I I have not been able to separate that I can only retcon it that that is uh, Darth Vader is uh, Luke and Leia's father and that they kiss. Yeah, for yeah. whatever reason. <laughs> but no, I'm glad you. I'm glad you brought up Star Wars. That was the other movie I was going to talk about, right? Like mm-hmm, Episode mm-hmm. Four. You know, people say they love that one because right. it is standalone, right? It's a good movie all by itself. It has a beginning right. and has a middle and has an end, right? It introduces the Empire in such a way, and we got mm-hmm. our hero. And in that one, we never get the "I am your father." So essentially, like again, you know, post-apocalypse. Um, every other movie has been disintegrated. There's mm-hmm. no records. We all we have is Episode Four. Then, then they aren't father and son. Yeah, right. And there what is-, is this last shot of Leia looking at Luke about? Yeah, where she is like she clearly is attracted to him. Right. I'm right. going to marry that man who I don't <laughs> yes. know as my brother. Right. Exactly. So what is that? <laughs> if, if if that is not that they that they are a love interest and not brother mm. and sister. So yeah, so so folks, we're making a distinction about like stuff that was added later after like the the first part of the story was already put out into the public, mm-hmm. right? But yeah, so 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 back to the Exorcist, right? And the question of whether or not this is the devil, right? Now again, folks, I'm saying this even though I disagree. Like I don't think this is the devil. I don't want this to be the devil. But <laughs> devil's advocate here. <laughs> um, we don't have that scene where he says he's not the devil. Right. Like whatever Blatty thinks, it feels like Friedkin wants this to be the devil. Keenan, what do you think? That would certainly 
you know, be a more catching pitch in a Hollywood way. Again, not better or worse necessarily, but like, mm-hmm. and that is the way that audiences have taken that pitch and run with it, right? This right. is the devil. That is an yeah. easier, like, oh, that's why it's a movie. It's because the devil has come to the McNeil house. Right. That That is why this movie exists, right? It's like, right. What, what do they say? Like, you make your movie about the the one time that the sun doesn't rise and set. or Right. Or, like, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Right. Like this line right here is a trailer line, right? It's like yes. your daughter doesn't say she's possessed by a demon. She says she's possessed by the devil himself. Right. Smash cut to like a bunch of chaos and stuff like that. Exactly. Right. right. That's what's going to get us is like, oh, I'm going to go see that movie. Right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, like I said, like I still don't think this is the devil, right? I know the book and the movie are two different things. We, we talked about that with The Shining, you mm-hmm. know, whatever. I still don't think this is the devil. But here's the thing, folks. I'm crossing myself right now. I also don't think this is Pazuzu. Lester. <laughs> or, or okay, okay. Let me say, I don't want it to be Pazuzu. Just like you don't want Laurie Strode and, and Michael Myers to... Uh, uh, be brother and sister because mm-hmm. it, it 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 makes sense in a better way for it to be something else for you, right. Keenan. Yeah, I don't like that it's Pazuzu if that's true. And let me okay, let me explain myself. Let me let you me tell better. You, I guess. <laughs> You're gonna stop a million emails right now that are coming. I know. At I know. You. Okay. <laughs> okay, Keenan. You know I love me some Phantom of the Opera. Right. Uh huh. Yes. In every iteration. Right. Yeah. Well, except I, for I guess the movie version of the musical. But you like yeah, the musical. Yeah. You like the book. You like the yeah. uh, the old uh, Lon Chaney movie. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. I even like the little. There's there's a cartoon version that I love. Right. Oh, I got to see yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But yeah. And I also love me some Sherlock Holmes. Mm-hmm. Right. When I, and when I was very young, just a just a young precocious little scamp. Right. I came across a book by Sam Siciliano called The Angel of the Opera. Sherlock Holmes meets the Phantom. Mm-hmm. And I said to myself, this is going to be garbage. <laughs> like, you can't mix these two flavors of the story and get something mm-hmm. good. That never happens. Come to find, I was wrong. It was a very good book, and I highly recommend it to any fan of either of those IPs, Sherlock or the Phantom. Mm-hmm. And it worked because the author respected the reality of both of those characters and stayed true to Paris, stayed true to Baker Street and to each of their stories. And he could do that because Keenan, as you know, the opera ghost isn't really a ghost. He's a guy who has like tricked a bunch of people into thinking he's a ghost, right? right. Mm-hmm. With elaborate trapdoors and secret tunnels and, you know, secret underground lair, et cetera, yeah. right? A secret so, degree in music pedagogy. Exactly, right? <laughs> Apparently. It's like, he knows music. Like, he is a mad genius who uses very real things to commit his crime. Right. So this is actually like a great pairing because like if anyone can sniff him out, right? And, and can also appreciate him for the Moriarty he is, mm-hmm. it would be sure. Sherlock Holmes, right? Mm-hmm. So there you go. Nice little bit of fan fiction, be- you know, before fan fiction was a thing, mm-hmm. right? Um, then, Keenan, I found a book called Sherlock Holmes Meets Dracula. Mm-hmm. And you know, I also love me some Dracula. Oh, yeah. But that one didn't work. And I bet you can guess why. Uh, so you're saying, right, because Dracula and Sherlock Holmes can't really exist in the same world because Dracula is supernatural and is yes. immortal and, and not not a guy pretending to be Dracula. Right. And I'm I, I'm not going to say what happens, but like I'll say I'll say what I predicted would happen. Right. I predicted one of two things would happen. One. Sherlock Holmes investigates this seemingly supernatural case of a vampire mm-hmm. and exposes Dracula as a fraud, which is not fun at all. So vampires now aren't real and the whole Dracula story suffers. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. 
Or, and this is even worse, Sherlock Holmes goes to Transylvania and finds out, holy shit, vampires are real. (laughs) And now the world of Baker Street is forever altered, right? Like suddenly Moriarty is not impressive at Mm -hmm, all, mm -hmm. right? All of his tricks and his ingenious machinations, right? His complicated plans mean nothing because, hey, Moriarty, there are fucking vampires out there, Mm -hmm. right? Your arch rival just fought one. You're not such of a much anymore. Right. Like, you know, how, OK, you know how all those like Sherlock Holmes stories, they start out with a mystery like like so I just don't understand it, Holmes. Right. Somehow the, the killer was able to get into the room and it was locked from the inside and they were able to kill the victim without spilling a single drop of blood. If I didn't know any better, I'd say this was something supernatural. Mm-hmm. And then Holmes would go, well, yeah. <laughs> right. Like, it's a vampire. Right. Didn't you can read you, can, the news? Yeah. <laughs> can you imagine? Can you imagine? They catch the guy. And he's like, ah, the great Sherlock Holmes. I'm I'm sure you're wondering how I was able to commit my crime and then vanish seemingly into thin air. And Holmes is like, well, yeah, because you're a vampire. <laughs> and can you imagine how offended like this guy would feel? He's like, he's like you ass. Like, <laughs> I worked really hard on making it look like this was impossible. I'm a genius. And Holmes is like, and a vampire. <laughs> right. Moriarty right. doesn't seem that crazy. But then even, you know, in that kind of world, if um, Sherlock Holmes falls off of, uh, what is it, Rickenbach Falls, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. We, we're, they, even that's not as important to us because we're like, well, you know, potentially he can come back because anything's right. possible and things are magical. And mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Mrs. Hudson's tea doesn't seem very important to us anymore no, at all. No. <laughs> so, yeah. So, like, that, like, that just kind of, like, messes up both stories, right? Right. It does damage to both of them, right? And, okay, so, like, getting back to this story here, The Exorcist, what I'm saying is, Keenan, I think you would agree, I think all of us would agree that the flavor of this movie and of this book is very Catholic, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we even made a, we, we made jokes about it, right? Like, it was, like, severely Catholic, severely right? Severely Catholic, yeah. The most Catholic movie you'll ever see, right? <laughs> And we joke about that because that is the overarching theme of this story. We Mm -hmm. talk about the the six smaller themes, right? You know, doubt, isolation, despair, conviction, communion, hope. But this this is the... the backdrop, let's say. This is set in a world where the Catholics are right. And I'm not saying, you know, like, believe whatever you believe. I'm just talking about the world of this story. And in the world of this story, we win by the power of Christ. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And... Keenan, you yourself said said it a couple of times. You were you were kind of teasing me a little bit. You were like, "Well, what does Pazuzu care about the power of Christ?" Right, right. right. And yeah. there, there are there are you know I'm sure you'll um, you'll talk about this, but there are like you know even fan debates about that. Like, oh, how can how can Pazuzu pick up a cross? We've talked about right, mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and then the testing of the holy water later on, etc. Um, right. So yeah, I'd love to tease you again. What does Pazuzu care about the power of Christ? Pazuzu mm-hmm. is older than Christ. He he mm-hmm. predates Christ, right? He's been mm-hmm. Pazuzuing people before Jesus was a glimmer in his. Uh, mother's holy eye, right? Like, right, precisely, <laughs> right. right? Yeah, he's, and, he's and, probably seen like, um, you know, even in the in the Bible, we talk about other prophets that have come before who have turned out not to be prophets, like like mm-hmm. you know, false prophets, etc. So Pazuzu right. has seen those people come and go, and what does he care? Yeah, right. And folks, not to forget, remember Pazuzu's whole deal is that he is kind of an exorcist himself, right? right? Because he drives out other demons. He's so big and so scary that other demons run away from him. And so um, uh, the ancient Mesopotamian versions of exorcists would use him to get rid of other demons. Mm-hmm. So he is he is both a demon and an exorcist. Right. right? Yeah. And also Pazuzu is a whole 
other pantheon. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm trying to say. He's a whole other flavor that I just personally don't like mixing with this very clean, very like streamlined theme we got going here, right? And again, don't get me wrong, right? Like I like a Pazuzu story, right? I will watch a movie where Pazuzu gets defeated by the power of um the sky god Anu or <laughs> Lamashtu. Sure, like give me that story. It sounds great. But this is like, this is like, okay, it's like watching a Batman movie and we're at the climax and he's fighting the Joker on the tops of the roofs of Gotham, right? And Joker's being Joker and he's deconstructing Batman and his values and he's doing his like absurd nihilism thing and everything we know and we love about the Joker and he's just being full on Joker, right? <laughs> and then and then Batman hits him with a batarang and mm-hmm. Joker's uh, uh, form shimmers a little bit and shifts and we discover that <gasps> it's Loki. Mm-hmm. Not even, not even another Batman villain. It's, <laughs> it's Loki, mm-hmm. and we're like, what? And yeah, like as much as you like Loki, right? You got to admit that's kind of jarring. That's a little bit messy, right? You don't want that in your Batman story. If you sat down to a Batman story, right? You want Batman versus the Joker. The Joker is the arch nemesis of Batman, right? Those two go together, right? Mm-hmm. They're two sides of the same coin, right? And you were saying something similar when we got to guest spot a couple of times on the Marvel Movie Minute. Uh, mm. We got to go and visit our our family um, on True Story FM, uh, yeah. mm-hmm. and. You were talking about, you know, religion in the MCU as we were watching Mm. uh, a scene where Iron Man is punching the crap out of Thor uh, at a fight over Loki and Captain America breaks them up. Right. Yes. And that was kind of like my question there was because, again, we kind of got like, um, you know, a mixing of uh, of IPs of of Mm -hmm. franchises, right? Mm -hmm. Like where where like we have Loki and Thor and they're I mean, like, are they gods? And if they are gods, then like what religion is Iron Man? Because whatever it is, he's wrong because he's an atheist. Okay, well, then he's still wrong Um, (laughs) because he's punching Thor in the face. Right. And Captain America is a Christian, for sure. Well, he's also wrong (laughs) because Loki and Thor are there, objectively there. But that's what I'm saying. Like, and, and I know, I, I think it's been corrected. Um, you know, it's it's been, um, we've been educated, Keenan. I think, uh, you know, Andy, Andy has told us, well, they're they're kind of like aliens that, there, there's there's debate there, yeah, but oh, the, the okay. Asgardians are aliens who came down to Norway in the 1300s, right, and were read by the Vikings as gods. But okay, all even right. within the wider like Marvel canon of all the comic books and everything, there's debate there. Oh, okay, all right. Yeah. I didn't know. I thought I, I thought it was kind of like resolved. It's like nah, they're aliens, nope. right? Like, nope. Wow. Okay then. <laughs> well, um, it's yeah, Catholic that's a, that's versus a... Protestant, but in the MCU. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. But yeah, so. And folks, like, you know, getting back to our movie here, like, in that same way, like, if you're going to have a story where the heroes are Catholic, the priests who win through the power of Christ, your villain has to be an arch enemy of Christ, right? Like, maybe not, maybe not the devil, Mm -hmm. but certainly like a Judeo-Christian Abrahamic demon, right? Mm -hmm. Like, that. Mm -hmm. that's just symmetry right like Lilith even if, or something yeah <laughs> something perfect right. example right? <laughs> right even if you you don't notice it it's just more pleasing to the palate mm-hmm. right like you know you're listening to one type of music and it stays that type of music all the way through and it doesn't get weird right mm-hmm. like you're listening to classical and it doesn't suddenly become bluegrass right <laughs> you're like wait a minute you know <laughs> Or like, I don't know, progressive rock or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and you might like both of those those uh, those styles of music, mm-hmm. but not like at the same time, right? right? Yeah. Um, okay, perfect thing. Keenan, have you heard of the Ars Goetia? No. 
Okay. So, and, and <laughs> listeners, uh, for you as well, everybody, everybody who hasn't heard of this, buckle up. This is this is some wild stuff, right? Here, okay. <laughs> okay good. So, it, like the Ars Goetia. That's that's if anybody wants to Google A R S, and then second word is G O E T I A. The Ars Goetia, right, is the first book in a bigger book known as the Lesser Key of Solomon, which is a grimoire or a book of magic. And that first part, the Ars Goetia, is a list of 72 demons, which apparently King Solomon, yeah, that King Solomon, had under his control and who helped him build the first temple of Israel. What? (laughs) Yes, yes. Demons helped build the temple. (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm loving your reaction here, Keenan. And I'm sure if anybody's drinking coffee right now, it's like... Right. So yeah, yeah, folks. Like, like the temple. The te- uh, 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 where the, the Solomon. Dome, yeah, where the dome of the rock is. Yeah, the, the temple. The, the Solomon, the baby cutting, you know, guy. Well, no, no, he didn't. He no, didn't do that. But oh, like, he, he, he offered to. He, yeah, he offered to. Right, right, right. But I think that was, you know, that was his wisdom. You know. Um, but yeah, that guy and that temple, seventy-two demons. Yeah, it's like so. Okay, like, folks. Yeah, King Solomon. So yeah, according according to to this little bit of the lore, right? Mm-hmm. King Solomon was actually a sorcerer, like a great and powerful sorcerer, mm-hmm. and God gave him power over 72 demons, and then he forced them to build the first temple. Mm-hmm. Now, that is from a book of the Apocrypha uh, mm-hmm. called The Testament of Solomon, which is not accepted as canon, right? That's that's <laughs> yeah. that's what I wonder why. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> but yeah, so folks, if you've heard of the the Apocrypha before, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the Apocrypha is is basically um uh, it, it's like the stuff that didn't get in, right? Mm-hmm. It literally means hidden things, right? Um, so it's the stuff that wasn't made canon, right? But like it is, it is kind of like looked at as this odd curiosity or like point of interest by by um, other folks, scholars, and and also sometimes like um, people who practice magic, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, if you have the time, folks, check out some of the apocrypha stories. They are wild, full right. of like angels and demons and wizards and really like metal stuff, right? <laughs> like like this is your Christian myth mythology stuff right here and yeah so like and so the lesser key of solomon which came out again way later like Mm -hmm. in the 17th century right so so even removed from the apocryphal stuff right Mm -hmm. um but still pretty cool because like it claims to be solomon's book of magic Mm -hmm. and i feel like like if you want a book of magic like that's the one, right? You want Solomon's book, right? right? I just, just want to point out some, like some ancient, um, some ancient cultures would treat wisdom as being synonymous with magic. So, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. right, or sorcery. So, like, to, for Solomon to be wise, for some people would be like, well, then he must know magic, which wasn't right. necessarily the case of the, the society that Solomon actually came from, but some yes. some later ones where those were the exact same thing. Right. And I'm, I'm recalling now, even like, you know, Shakespeare will sometimes say something like he'll say, it's like, oh, you know, that's a that's a question for a philosopher. Right. And when he's saying the word philosopher, he's not talking about like, you know, Plato and Aristotle. He's mm-hmm. talking about like, like wizards. Exactly. Uh, like Harry, that, that, Harry Potter and the philosopher's philosopher's stone. stone. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so yeah. So knowledge and, and wisdom and magic were kind of like, they were, um, uh, uh synonymous with each, with each other a little bit more so than today. Right. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so you, like the first book, the, the first part of the, the, you know, the Lesser Key of Solomon, right, um, is a book, it's a list of 72 demons that Solomon apparently had under his control through a, a magic ring given to him by God, mm-hmm. right? Aladdin had one lamp and one genie and three wishes. And Solomon had like a ring, way more portable, 
<laughs> Seven, 72 demons mm-hmm. and apparently infinite wishes, right? Given to him by God. So it's like, it's okay to do this. Right? <laughs> right. It's like, I gave this to you, you know, use these 72 demons however you will, right? Right. Any Go mind build the first temple of Israel. sort of way that you want to use yeah. it. <laughs> the only limit is your own time. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, folks, like if, if you want me to go into more detail about the Ars Goetia, like, mm-hmm. like right in, because there's a lot. We could, we could do maybe a bonus episode on that, right? Okay. But I bring it up here because, like, I'm trying to say that, like, it's not like we don't have a plethora of Abrahamic demons to choose from, mm-hmm. right? The the Ars Goetia is literally a Pokedex of Abrahamic demons. Like, it has a little description for each of them, their uh, appearance, their power, what they like, what they don't like, their weaknesses. Like, I'm only half joking about the Pokedex line here, folks, because, like, if you watch, um, you know, anime or play video games, Mm -hmm. um, you've probably come across a bunch of these demons as they have been appropriated into pop culture as, like, video game bosses Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. or, like, anime bad guys. Like, much much like how we use, like, you know, um, Jungian archetypes in our stories, the names of these demons Demons are probably familiar to some of you from like other contexts, like a video game or something like that, right? Right. And that's where I learned about Lilith because she was a monster in the Final Fantasy series. And I was like, well, this is a weird, it's just a woman. Why is yeah. this a monster? I was like, oh, okay. And looked right. her up. She and then was, you come to find it's like, oh, Lilith. Yeah. Yeah. She's right. the first wife of Adam and, you know, and mm-hmm, was mm-hmm, not yeah. uh, not a good woman, not a good wife of Adam, I guess. Well, I mean, that, you know, that depends because we got, right, we got right, some right. other, some other religions are saying, uh, because like the, the idea that she was not a good wife was she would not submit to Adam. Right. You're, yes, yes, yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so the idea is like, well, you know, some, some people are actually like venerating Lilith mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. now because it's like, well, yeah, you know, strong, independent woman, right? I'm going to yeah. go off and do my own thing. And, and actually- that was the, I, the music festival, the feminist music festival is called Lilith Fair. As uh-huh. exactly that, right? Of like, yeah, we're not going to be what you're not going to be like Eve, like you want this vision of, right. uh, yeah, submission femininity, right? Yeah. It was like, oh, is, is that the slow, like always Lilith, never, never Eve or something like that? Oh, that sounds good. I like that. Yeah. I've heard it, but mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. I don't know um, who that belongs to. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Um, but yeah. So, and, and I think like only, it was only later um, that like uh, she was demonized and now she right. became like a demon, right? Right. By, you know, guess who? By the church. <laughs> right. Like, <laughs> right. Yeah, so so they're gonna say it's like, well, yeah, this, you know, she's 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 not just a woman who wouldn't submit to Adam; she's a demon. Right? <laughs> Those are the same thing. <laughs> Those are the same. Yeah, but, just all the cardinals just elbowing each other. Same thing. Am I right, boys? Am I right, boys? <laughs> yeah, and yeah. So like, Keenan, we just did an episode of Sitting in the Dark, right? That new show on True Story FM, right? Mm-hmm. Where each episode explores different subgenres of horror, and we came on to talk about demonic possession movies. And in my building of the curriculum for that show, I watched a lot of other possession movies. And in watching them, I came face to face with Asmodeus Mm -hmm. and Baal and Payman and Valak and Belial and all these other really cool, really interesting Abrahamic demons, right? Some of them from the Ars Goetia that gave us this weight and this history. Now, None of these other depictions were as good as the character of Captain Howdy we have here in The Exorcist, but that just makes it all the more frustrating for me because it's like, why not Why not just call him something else? Like, you have such a good character here. Just make this last puzzle piece fit for me by giving him an Abrahamic demon's name and not Pazuzu, right? Like, right. like and then it's perfect, right? And again, like... The Ars Goetia has 72 demons. Just pick one. Right. You right? want the symmetry of it, the the, yes. um, the balance of it. Yes, exactly. Right. But, okay. So, Keenan, th- like, that's my other thing about this is uh, I just went on this whole rant about how I don't like that this is supposed to be Pazuzu. 
but is it? <laughs> can can I maybe actually have my cake and eat it too? Because like, I don't think there's enough evidence in the movie or the book to confirm that Captain Howdy is the Demon King Pazuzu. And here's where I feel the feathers getting ruffled. I feel, <laughs> like I feel some people turning away. Let me let but me he, explain. But let he me. says he is. <laughs> I know. Okay. Wait, when does he say no, he is? No, he doesn't say he is. He doesn't, he doesn't. I was like, oh my God, did you just find something? No, there? no, like, no, no. Okay, I was like, okay. let me, what do we think about this evidence yeah. I've made up? Right, yeah. <laughs> right, he never says he did. Right, yeah. So, like, so Keenan, we, we just had a reading from the Book of Blatty where Karis meets Captain Howdy for the first time. Mm-hmm. And Captain Howdy is making all of these catholic references right he's making jokes about king herod he mm-hmm. says he spent a lot of time in rome he specifically talks about hell he implies that Karis is unworthy because he doesn't believe in god right the mm-hmm. judeo-christian abrahamic god mm-hmm. right in the hypnotism scene earlier like when he's speaking backwards the psychiatrist asks him where he comes from and he says dog and the guy's like you come from a dog mm-hmm. and how he says Dog morph mokeyun, right? Which is which is backwards. No, I come from God. Mm-hmm. This demon, as written by Blatty himself, does not sound like Mesopotamian demon king Pazuzu. And later, like when he's being compelled by the power of Christ, we get a sense that this is a demon who knows Christ and who hates and fears Christ. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, he's going to be compelled <laughs> by the power of Christ, right? He, as I argued a couple of minutes ago, and, and you seem to agree with me, he he is, seems to be taking on the persona of the, of an antichrist in mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. like holding himself in crucifix type situations. And right. we haven't seen this yet, but like later on, um, the scarring that seems to come from the inside is pretty similar to the scarring of Christ um, right. working up into Calvary. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, right? And then and even just like the thing with the the crucifix, right? Mm-hmm. Like what does Pazuzu care about a crucifix? No. Right? Like yeah, and so and so I think all of us collectively, right? The 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 audiences of the exorcist, right? We saw the statue in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And also we saw the amulet, right? That that uh Marin is handling. Mm-hmm. I think what all of us said was, "Oh, that's the demon we're going to face." And I don't know, I don't know if that's enough for me. Like, and, and the book is even less explicit about it, right? Like, you'd think if it's anywhere, if it's anywhere, it would be in the book, right? Mm-hmm. You would have Father Marin come in and be like, ah, my old friend Pazuzu, right? <laughs> or or you'd have Captain Howdy himself say, aha, you got me. Good detective work, Karis. I, I am Pazuzu, right? Right. Like, the only other time Pazuzu is mentioned outside of Iraq is when Karis is up late and he's looking through a ton of books and he's reading about a ton of demons and possession cases. And his eye just happens to fall on a photo and he glances at the inscription and it's Pazuzu, mm-hmm. right? And he's like, huh, right? And that's it. He doesn't it's, use it's, that later on in his case. No, all, right. It never comes up again. He doesn't. He doesn't jump up from his chair mm-hmm. and run back over to the McNeil house and like point <laughs> to the picture. It's like, is this is this you? Right. Like, <laughs> it's just it's just another picture in in one of his books mm-hmm. that he does nothing with. He he doesn't he doesn't even write anything down. Mm-hmm. Another thing that might help in your argument, right, is like so mm-hmm. if it is Pazuzu and maybe Pazuzu is putting on the the trappings of the devil because he's dealing with Catholics or you know mm-hmm. because he's trying. to to perhaps ultimately get Marin or or get Karis. There's debates about, you yeah. know, who his true target is or maybe both of them. Wants, yeah. Right, exactly. Um, you know, he doesn't... Pazuzu wouldn't think that he is 
less than the demon or the devil, right? He would think mm. that he's better than the Christian devil, right? He's, right, he's right. less. So we don't ever, ever have any of that kind of, I mean, I guess my point is that Pazuzu would be prideful of, <laughs> of mm. his stature, right? That That's the nature of those pantheonic gods is that even when they are working under um, like a king or a queen of the pantheon, they all think that they're like, like that they're better than, than that you know, than the leader there, let alone yes. some, some, um, some God from some other pantheon. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They and, all like, you know, Ceres is like, I'm the one who keeps this whole thing together. And Hades mm-hmm. is like, they, they put me down, but I'm the only reason all of this works is me and what I'm responsible for. Yes. No, actually that's a very, very good point, Keenan. Um, and folks, yeah, I'm, I'm aware that I'm probably in the minority here, right? The mm-hmm. greater fandom has decided that this is Pazuzu, right? Like I've, I've even heard Friedkin and yes, even Blatty mm-hmm. refer to him as Pazuzu. So yes, I am overruled. But like, <laughs> like I said, this, this raises questions that I don't like. For example, okay, uh, Keenan, you just hinted at it now. If Pazuzu exists, mm-hmm. what does that say about our big bad and our big good? Right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It sort of diminishes the power of this story, like uh, this story which is about faith, right? It also makes both God and the devil less impressive if there mm-hmm. are other supernatural beings, right? Like I really, I really don't like that for this story, right? Mm-hmm. Now, I'm, I'm, I've been able to try to like, like smooth it out in my own head, right? John Milton got around it one way. John Milton, when he wrote Paradise Lost, right? Mm-hmm. That famous, famous epic poem, right? About the fall of Satan, right? He had all of the devils under Satan's command go forth into the world and build false religions and disguise themselves as gods of those religions. So according to Milton, Zeus is a demon and Thor is a demon and Ra, the sun god, is actually a demon and they're all aware of the one true religion, but they're working for Satan like in this grand ruse, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So we could go that way. We could say, okay, Pazuzu is one of those demons and he went to Mesopotamia um, to to lead people away from the true religion of God and Christ. Right. And then somehow is planting artifacts from thousands of years before Christ appeared to trick the secular and the and the Jesuits who were going there and all of that, right? That Precisely. is the idea, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But okay. But if that's the, the, the truth behind this, then have somebody say that. Mm-hmm. Like, have Marin say that when he's like, you know, perfect opportunity, right? Like, he's like, there, are, there is only one, mm-hmm. right? Have him be like, yeah, there is only one. He's Pazuzu, but he works for the devil, our devil, right? Mm-hmm. Like, if you're saying that this is Pazuzu, then Marin has to elaborate that Pazuzu is still their enemy because he works for the big enemy, mm-hmm. right? And if we can't have that scene, then don't say he's Pazuzu, which actually, they never do, so... <laughs> So I'm happy about that, right? <laughs> right. Okay, but okay, so Keenan, that's one way we could do this, right? Mm-hmm. That, that um, you know, Pazuzu is working for Satan and he's tricking all the people and all the other gods and, you know, and, and goddesses are demons, right? Like we could mm-hmm. do that. I don't like it. It's messy, but the other way is even worse. Mm-hmm. The other option is that this really is Pazuzu, demon king of the southwest wind, mm-hmm. son of Hanbi, ex-husband of Lamashtu, Lamashtu, who is the daughter of the supreme sky god Anu, and all of those are real as well. And now, God and Jesus and the devil are so much less impressive if we get all these other gods and demons floating around, like, and, and now these two priests just look silly. And the whole story of Karis' faith is like, like, buddy, you have no idea, right? <laughs> right. Like, you're having trouble believing in, in Yahweh. I, <laughs> I got news for you. Right. Yeah, because Karis is like, I think I've lost my faith, Tom. And Tom's like, in Ishtar? <laughs> like, no, 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 not in Ishtar. It's like, oh, oh, you mean, 
in Odin. No, 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 not that one. It was like, oh, in in in, in Zeus? No, 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 no. As long as you still believe in Bacchus, we're yeah, gonna be yeah, all yeah. right here. Right. <laughs> right, him and, and Father Dyer certainly believe in Bacchus. <laughs> oh, in Yahweh. Oh, is that all is that all? Oh, it's just well, you know. I get that, yeah. I mean, you know, it's not good, but you know, if if it's only one, then yeah. <laughs> But no, like, like that is the option that I cannot accept because like we're laughing about it because it's silly, right? right. Mm-hmm. But th- I don't want that to be the like the the tapestry behind this story is that like there's like this whole kind of like network of gods and goddesses. I don't mm-hmm. like that. Like that is the Sherlock Holmes meets Dracula mm-hmm. right. that hurts both of the original stories, right? I don't want that for this story, which I said before is one of my favorite books. So I'm trying to reconcile this, uh, you know, in my own. Uh, mind folks like and maybe you guys can help me out here right because this is a thing that i have been struggling with about this story which i love so much I, like i made a I freaking podcast about it right <laughs> so if you have an answer for this if you have a way that that you square this circle in your own mind and make this weird inconsistency work right please write in and let us know and and you know uh, like like I don't know if other people get as hung up about this as I do, right? Or if they found a way to make it make sense, or if you have like the same issue with this, right? I would love to hear from you. Please write in and let us know. We've already covered the problem of evil. Uh, we'll call this one the problem of Pazuzu. Right. right? Problem of evil yeah. solved. Problem of Pazuzu. Yeah. Question mark, question mark, question mark. Yeah. How do you All solve right. a problem like Pazuzu? Oh, that's the trouble with our show is that, uh, yeah. yeah, we should, we should only sorry. have one joke once. <laughs> I can't do that joke. I've already. Who the fuck are you talking to? Right. I'm sorry. I can't operate on my son. We've already done that joke. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you felt good about that, Lester? That, yeah. You yeah. got that off your chest? If we have any uh, fans left, we can yeah. continue on. Or... If anybody's still out there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, hey, yeah. Long story short, too late. Um, yeah. I got I got a problem with this being a non-Catholic judeo-christian abrahamic demon like mm-hmm. why is why is it pazuzu like let's right. let's let's clean this up a little bit yeah yeah why yeah and then but then yeah that's gonna have some ramifications later like again there are already these discussions of why does he pretend to be hurt by the holy water why does mm-hmm. he you know um yeah etc so yeah i don't know how you square all of that yeah. um together with it being Wait, actually keenan mm-hmm. like you brought this up before yeah could could blatty have wanted this originally to be legion well, that's how the book starts. I mean, the very, very, very first thing in the book before even the beginning is uh, is the quote about Legion. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, oh my God. Yeah. Okay. Um, the red threads are, are coming together right now. <laughs> hang on. Hang on, <laughs> folks. Okay. No. No. It's it's a it's a it's a quote at the beginning of the book. Mm-hmm. Reagan is speaking with all of these different personalities in her head. Mm-hmm. Right. Like we got Carl. We got uh, Karis's mom. We got the demon. We got like all of these, you know, can you help an old altar boy father? You know, we all that Burke, stuff. Rather. Right? We oh, sorry. Yeah. Burke. Yeah, yeah. I didn't, I said Carl. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, uh, and then also it is the sequel book. Mm-hmm. That is the title of the sequel book is Legion. Right. And then didn't you read, wasn't there, uh, whoa, whoa, wait, like, can you, can you bring that back up? The, um, the thing in the screenplay that was like excised before that is, I guess, non-canonical. What part? Um, where the demon says we are legion. Aha. Oh, you found it. Great. I found it. Yeah. Oh, yay. All right. So it is, you're right. When Karis goes and sees the demon for the first time, I'm afraid you might hurt yourself, Reagan. I am not Reagan, right? I am the devil. Now kindly undo these straps. If you're the devil, why not just make the straps disappear? That's much too vulgar display of power, Karis. Where, where's Reagan? She's in here with us, my friend. Semicolon. We are legion with a capital L. With a capital L. So to right. denote a name. Absolutely. Right. 
As it is in the Bible. As it is in the Bible, right. See, and and that, I don't know, like that's, if if there were like an, an Abrahamic demon that mm-hmm. I could, that I could, in my little, you know, fan fiction of this book, mm-hmm. you know, and like replace uh, Pazuzu with, I would want this demon to be legion. So why would Vladdy change it? And so, or why would Vladdy, yeah, if he, if, if the whole book is about legion mm-hmm. and then we have this thing where he's trying to get that in there, why would he change it to the implication of something else? I mean, you know, there, to be fair, there aren't really cool depictions of legion out there the way that there are really cool, visual, nice, scary depictions of Pazuzu. Right. So, I mean, just yeah. visually, yeah, visually Pazuzu is cooler than, um, than, than legion is or yeah 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 hmm. so yeah folks again like write in because um yeah that's something like like if i had to pick i would say yeah legion that's a like <laughs> i would i would almost be like i wonder if that was originally what blatty was trying to do because we have so many other like the word legion is probably if you counted the number of times the word legion is in the book mm-hmm. and the number of times pazuzu is in the book right i bet legion would actually be more yes you're you're probably absolutely correct yeah, and because like not only is it in in the quote before the book starts, but um, it it they they read a passage from uh, uh from the Bible during the exorcism, and mm-hmm. that's one of the passages. Right. Yeah. So so I don't know. Um. But yeah, folks. Again, I I I I I would love to continue this discussion. Um. If you disagree with me, by all means, write in and and like educate us because we're here to learn as well. And and yeah, I feel like I feel like I'm I'm um. I am ruffling uh, uh, some feathers by saying that I don't think this is Pazuzu or I don't want this to be Pazuzu. So. <laughs> All right. So if you're still listening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Five stars, please. No. Um, <laughs> right. Go, yeah. You could make your own podcast about how we're wrong and we would, we would, we would love that. Actually. We would give it five stars. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. We'd give your podcast five stars. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. Okay. Okay. So. Let's get back to this movie right here. Um, mm-hmm. You'll remember that Karis just said that Captain Howdy, or Reagan, um, he he thinks, claims not only to be a demon, but the devil, right? Mm-hmm. The devil himself. Now, if you, and he says, now, if you've seen as many psychotics as I have, you realize that that's the same thing as saying you're Napoleon Bonaparte, mm-hmm. right? At which point, I just want to hear Reagan from upstairs, right? So like, that's a great idea! <laughs> <laughs> so we go back up there, right? She's got mm-hmm. she's got the little hat, right? And somehow one of the straps has come loose and and, and, and you know, she's got the hand tucked into the shirt, right? <laughs> now Carl has to carry her around and she's like, like faster, my faithful steed, onto Waterloo. <laughs> yeah, Marengo the horse. I I yeah. uh, I just remembered that. Oh, well, there you go. Right? <laughs> right, faster, yeah, Marengo. Faster, Marengo. In that, you know, the, the, the famous painting, right? Where he's, uh, yeah, he's on pointing the, yeah. on the back of the horse. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Carl's just like, I actually, preferred Captain Howdy. Right? <laughs> right. Yeah. He's not as, um, he doesn't have a Napoleon, con- <laughs> Napoleon, Napoleon. complex. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, again, like, like this line, because within the movie for the characters, it makes perfect sense. Like, yeah, this is so big and scary that it can't possibly be real. Right. Mm-hmm. But we, the audience know it's real. So that just reaffirms how big and scary it is. It's like, it's like your daughter can't possibly be possessed because do you know how horrible that would be? <laughs> right. That would be so awful. And we're like, oh shit. Like, that is awful. Yeah. Right. Um, but folks, that's the language of cinema, right? Like as soon as a parent or a teacher or a doctor or a police officer says, look, I don't care what you saw. There's no such thing as ghosts, right? We all go, ah, okay. 
this is a story where ghosts are real. Right. Yeah. The physics of storytelling, it's the equal and opposite reaction, right? Right. <laughs> We're told there are no ghosts, then of course they're ghosts. Yeah, right? We know that that guy is wrong because that's how stories work, right? Mm -hmm. Like- like, we wouldn't show him saying that unless we're going to prove him wrong. Right. right? It's like, mm -hmm. hello, uh, there's, there's been a robbery at the museum. Someone stole a mummy from the Egyptian wing. <laughs> <laughs> but there's no signs of breaking and entering. Oh, so you're telling me a 3,000-year-old dead guy just got up and what? Yes, that is what they're telling you. <laughs> that is exactly what they're, that's, that's why that scene exists, right? Like then, And then we hard cut to a 3,000-year-old dead guy walking down the street, right? right. <laughs> like, even, they even had it in this story. Keenan, right? Like Chris says in the book, she's like, that cross didn't walk up there, goddammit. <laughs> Which I take to mean it probably did. Yeah, it's right? got little legs on it. Well, that, <laughs> it walks, it walks up, up the stairs backwards like a spider. <laughs> <laughs> no, what I'm saying, I'm saying like Captain Howdy probably made it like float up to the room, right? Right, absolutely. Yeah, like uh, like 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 he moved the chair and the chest of drawers <laughs> and all the, all the other stuff. Yeah, so, so yeah, so... Simply by Karis stating how impossible this is, that should send a shiver down our spine because we already know he's wrong, mm -hmm. right? Now, he continues. He says, you asked me what I think is best for your daughter. Mm -hmm. Six months under observation in the best hospital you can find. And again, this has a similar effect on us because like, what he's saying makes so much sense. It's so logical and sensible. And he says it with such conviction that we're like tempted to be comforted by it right we're like oh this this guy knows what he's talking about he's right let's mm -hmm. let's just trust this guy he's he's a good guy and then we remember that he is completely wrong mm -hmm. and we have seen the evidence that he is wrong and also we've already been down that road like we've been with the doctors we've been in the hospitals under close observation right the best hospitals the best doctors 88 of them right and now we're here and he's sending us back and it's this great paradoxical feeling of like I know I can trust you. I know you are a good, capable, capable guy, and I want to believe you, but you're also wrong. Ugh. Like that's yeah. like, ugh. and and again, like he's also telling Chris the option that he had wished for his mother, right? Like the uh, private hospital. Who's got money for that, Demi? Right? Chris has money for oh that. Oh my god! Yeah. I so he's, even, uh, you know, oh. pro projecting. <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> like a human being. <laughs> he's saying things that aren't matching with his other thoughts. <laughs> right. But she has, she could get, she would not be sending Reagan to Bellevue. She probably wouldn't be sending Reagan to the, the van spa that, yeah. uh, <laughs> that Dr. Berenger and foundation wants her to go to. Right. Like, right. like it would be some, some Beverly Hills place where, where it would actually work. And he just like, please go and do that. Right. Yeah. Oh I'm, my God. I'm I can telling you from my experience, please, please do that. <sighs> I like, and, and I don't, okay. They did this in a funny way in Shrek. But, <laughs> okay, but no, I'm listening. But I, I can see this playing out and being like very, very sad, and us being like, oh, like at the very end, I can mm -hmm. see him kind of like ramping up, right? It's like mm -hmm. you know, and, and him saying, you know, something like, uh, you know, uh, you know, six months under observation in the best hospital you can find, and if you can't do that, you're a bad son. Right. And then he stops and he's like, oh. <laughs> It's like I was talking about myself. Right, like, exactly, exactly. But like, but in this context, it wouldn't be funny. It'd be it like right. all of us in the audience would be like, oh, no. Oh. Dimmy, why? Yeah, Dimmy, why? <laughs> and then some idiot in the audience was like, I think he's talking about, I think he's talking about himself. Nicolas Cage, what are you doing here? <laughs> oh, I try to be in every movie they offer me. Yeah. 
<laughs> but yeah, no, like I can, I can see that happening. Like him almost, almost saying you're a bad son and then right. catching himself. Right. right. Mm-hmm. Cause yeah, he's, he's yelling at himself right now. Oh my yeah. God. Thank you for bringing that up, Keenan. I didn't even see that. Wow. Pretty disturbing stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> so, so after this we cut and we are behind Karis. Mm-hmm. He has finished this little spiel and now he bows his head exhausted. Right. And after a pause, Chris begins to speak. And she says, you show me Reagan's double. Same face, same voice, everything. This is this is right from the book as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Karis has sat down and he looks up and she looks at him. Again, I love this. These two characters were destined to meet. We got we got Chris, whom no one wants to look in the eye. Mm-hmm. And we got Karis, who's always looking inward or away. And... Like, you know, when talking about like what he can and can't do. And mm-hmm. yet these two are able to hold each other's gaze. Like, I really, really like that. Keenan, you were you were talking before about how like in a lesser movie, like these two would end up together. Right. right. Or at least the the possibility of that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like like this right here, this is like like they are on the cusp of, of uh, you know, some other director making this into a bad movie. Mm-hmm. Like they are right there. And but they're they're like, no, like this is a story about something else, Mm -hmm. right? And and so Chris continues, right? She'd know it wasn't Reagan. She'd know it in her gut. And here it begins to ramp up. I like this too. Like, it's like she's taken all the anger and all the frustration and the pain from previous scenes, all of these, like what other people might see as emotional outbursts, right? Mm -hmm. She's taken all of that and she has internalized it and is now able to control it and aim it like a gun and dole it out slowly also, right? Like, so that it builds and builds. And I feel like this is a turning point for her. Mm -hmm. Like we talked about it in the beginning of this episode, but she is now in control of her anger and she's not being blown around by the storm. She is the storm now and Mm -hmm. she's letting him know. And her anger is just as great, just as intense, but she has aimed it at him. And, Maybe that's a little unfair, right? But but to her, he is now the face of all of those faceless doctors, right? Mm-hmm. All of those shrinks, all of those radiologists, all of those fucking men who think they know better. And she is bringing the storm to them. And it's great. She is challenging them saying, you don't know everything. Mm-hmm. And also, also challenging him. And isn't it just so perfect that she's an atheist and he's a priest and she is essentially telling him to open his mind to other possibilities? Yeah. Per- perfect is the word for it. Yeah. Yeah. And and actually, yeah, in a way, that sort of makes her the one with the stronger faith, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Like, she's able to go from total disbelief to now accepting the possibility of demons. And he, who is literally clothed in the church, is unable to get to that point just yet, mm-hmm. right? And it, we've speculated that. Like, maybe it's not that he doesn't believe, but it could be that he's afraid to believe, right? Mm-hmm. Not in the devil. I I think of God. Yeah. Like, Karis is a fascinating character. Like, I I thought I already knew his whole deal before we started this podcast, but, like, I'm learning more and more things about him, like, as I go through this with you, Keenan, like, and I'm seeing more angles to him and and to Chris. Like, there's Mm -hmm. so much going on with both of them that I didn't see at first. Right. I think, so this moment where, so our our minute-by-minute thing is going to hurt a little bit because uh, she's, Mm. as I was saying at the beginning, starting this um, this really rough, uh, uh, you know, biting into him here. We're going to have to cut it off at our minute here. Right. But like, I like what you say about, right. She's not being blown away by the storm. She's harnessing the storm. She is the storm. Right. Mm-hmm, I've been mm-hmm. thinking a lot as, as some of our listeners have been about like, why is Chris an actor? What is 
her being a performer have to do with it? We t- mm. we were talking about okay, well, that's something maybe economically, right? Mm. From a Marxist perspective, like she's the only one, you know, this is the only role a woman could have, um, one of the few where she could be the single mother that still has resources, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Well, I, I completely buy that. But now that I'm I'm listening as we're airing our Kinderman episodes about mm. performance and the theatricality of him, like I'm mm. I'm really on the edge of of this idea that maybe it'll take me a couple more mi- minutes to figure out, but like of Chris as an actor, and here she's like. Yeah, she's telling the truth, but she's able to harness her performative powers, right? Ah. To like demonstrate this in a in a reasonable, rational, but but also like I am serious about this sort of way. Yeah. Um. So I think like I'm on the verge of this, but like Kinderman as an actor, Chris mm-hmm. as an actor, um, mm-hmm. and then you know Karis as maybe not an actor in that sense, but like having mm-hmm. put on masks and performing and going through the motions, and then of course, um, uh, what's his name, Captain Howdy up there? Yep. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Being being a performer and being theatrical and like mm-hmm. and using Reagan as a puppet, he's like a Bunraku master or something oh, yeah. like that, right? And using her, and I, I think there is something there about that. And then um, you know Dyer as an actor, who mm-hmm. the the artist without an art, like he's putting his acting impulses into his work as a priest, right? I right. think, and it, his I, whole performance thing with the piano and yeah, all that, right? Like yeah, he yeah. loves being that center of attention. Yeah, yeah he would he. He doesn't say his idea of heaven would be ministering to people up there. It's it's, right, right. Uh, Because I've heard also, you know, other people who become priests or rabbis or cantors, right, Mm -hmm. being about like, well, I I didn't have an outlet for my showbiz, what I recognize as a grown up as my showbiz gene. And so Mm -hmm. I found it in the church, right? So I think there actually is a lot more than I had thought about performance here and being performative. And yeah, this moment is really it. I think it's like, she's not flying off the handle in the way that we've been used to where it's like, I'm not in control of my emotions. She's like, well, this is what I do for a job is I, I focus my, my emotions and, and yeah, yeah, it does feel very different. Mm, It's almost operatic. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm, and you are my I audience. Like you sit down here, right? Yeah. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna actually do it. It's because it, it's not as we've said throughout this whole scene, right? She's very still, right? Mm-hmm. Like the way a film actor has to be, as opposed right. to you know having these neurotic um, um, outbursts that she's been with the doctors, where she is all mm-hmm. over the place mm-hmm. and with her, you know, uh, reaching for her um, her cigarettes and fidgeting with her purse and right. and all that stuff. Like she is like, no, I am standing on my mark, and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm giving you this performance. Right. And yeah, so I mean, like, like, as a performer, Mm -hmm. that says one thing. And then like, just as like Chris, as a person, all of her focus, all of her Mm -hmm. energy, she has, she, she doesn't have any like, kind of like, um, uh, extra runoff outpourings of energy, which would like inform her like hands or her cigarettes, you know, like, as we've seen over and over again. Yeah. In in previous minutes. Yeah. Yeah. It's all focused. It's all right. like like she has taken all of it and she is pointing it at him. Right. And we've like seen her potentially failing as a performer with her um her interrogation by Kinderman, where he's putting right. on these performances and she she just shrinks away into nothing, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she she uh and then when he's gone, we see all of that leak out of her and, and, and right. when he, when he uh, she closes the door on him. Yes, yeah. yes. Ah, yeah. But okay, so yeah, so so Chris continues. She's slowly ramping up. She says, I want you to tell me that you know for a fact that there's nothing wrong with my daughter except in her mind. And this right here is important, folks. Like I said, she is challenging him, but it's not like I'm right and you're wrong. Mm-hmm. It, it's more complex than that. And it's more damning. She's saying it's wrong and you know it. It's not that you're incorrect, you're lying to me and to yourself, and you know it. Go ahead and tell me honestly that you're sure 
that this is just her brain. You can't tell me that honestly because you don't believe it yourself. Mm-hmm. That's even worse than just saying you're wrong. Like, <laughs> honestly, that's that's kind of the same scrutiny that he got from Captain Howie upstairs, mm-hmm. right? Karis is like, I am done with this family. <laughs> um, but no, I really like this scene. Like, here we got Chris coming into her power as mom right. and as, as, uh, as catalyst for this whole thing. And we got Karis being called to his purpose. And I can't wait to pick it back up in the next minute. Mm-hmm. Uh, for now, though, that is all of my notes. Keenan? Is there anything else we missed? Nope. Yeah. Sorry, Chris. Sorry to cut you off there. I know. Yeah. <laughs> like the men that we are. Well, that's really nice, Chris. Um, but uh, let me let me mansplain the problem of Pazuzu to you. <laughs> you see, it can't be Pazuzu because Jesus is standing there like, what? What? Yeah, I got 88 demons over here. 88 demons. <laughs> 72 doctors. 88 demons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Folks, this has been another excellent Exorcist Minute. I've been Lester Ryan Clark. You can catch me on all the socials as Lester Ryan Clark. And I've been Keenan Diaz. You can find me on Instagram and Letterboxd as Howdy Keenan. We got our listener group, uh, Compelling Conversations. Go check that out and request to join. And we'll let you in here with us. Um, And yeah, if you'd like to leave us a message, right? Write to us at theexorcistminute at gmail.com. Again, I want to hear from you. What do you think? Is this Pazuzu? Um, Do you you feel the same way uh, that I do about kind of like the symmetry and the, the kind of like uh, uh, the flavor of this whole thing, right? Let us know. Mm -hmm. And yes, a big thank you to everyone who has given us a five-star rating on iTunes and Spotify or wherever you listen to our show. We really appreciate it. That's going to help our little podcast grow and find more cool people like you. Yeah, and if you haven't heard, we have joined the True Story FM network of podcasts that is True TRU Story, and we're really excited to be with them, and uh, they have a lot of great content over there for you to check out as well. Yeah, so go check out their other podcasts, and uh, yeah, like Keenan said, we are in there with them. <laughs> oh, that, that's not nice to be on the other side of that. No, yes. no, no, we're in there. Oh, gosh. <laughs> All right, Keenan, are you thinking what I'm thinking? I think I am, Lester. Folks, until next time. The, the power, power of Sherlock Holmes compels you. What would what would Sherlock Holmes meet Nicolas Cage be? Oh God! Would that would, that, would those universes match or not? Um, <laughs> I th- <laughs> I think he would meet Nick, Nick Cage and just be like, oh, and just walk away. Like, <laughs> no, he would he would dog his trail. He would follow. He was like nobody. <laughs> Is that one dimensional? There's something going on there. Something's going on here. Something like that is the that is the worst act he is putting on that he knows nothing. He must know something. <laughs> that is so fake. Like you're trying to you're trying to to fool me by 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 being a rube. I am. <laughs> Don't play stupid with me. The game is afoot. Oh, a foot? Well, that's really great. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> so we need, we, we need special shoes for this? <laughs> Once more into the breach, dear friends. <laughs>